Welcome to the Nine Moms Podcast. My name is Phineas, and this is my mama's podcast, and, and here she is. Hey, you guys. Before we get into this week's story, let me tell you a little bit about the Birth Collective. The Birth Collective is a group for parents who are expecting, parents who are on the journey towards conception, or just parents who've had babies recently, or four, five, six, eighteen years ago, basically for people who have little people around them, or who wish to have little people around them anyway. Um, this is just a group for us because the last year has been a little bit lonely, we've been a little bit isolated perhaps in our homes with our little ones and I know myself I've felt that way as well especially now with the kindergartens being close for quite a long time I'm home with my kids all the time and I miss the company of other adults who are going through the same thing so this was started by me and my friend Lucy who's a hypnobirthing teacher and you might have heard her uh, birth story on the pod a few episodes ago and the main focus of this group is to create a community just a tribe of parents who don't feel like they're in it alone so what we're doing these days is that we meet every two weeks at the moment on zoom we have a little facebook group where we can post things in and ask questions to each other and stuff but we just meet up and talk about how we're feeling and what's going on in our lives and and all these things there's no pressure and we're hoping that sometime soon we could maybe even meet outside for going for a little walk and introduce our little ones to each other and and all of that so if you're interested in that just go to facebook and search for the birth collective and you'll find us right there i will also of course put the the link onto the show notes page for today's show in today's story we hear from micah micah is from germany and she has a Czech partner and she has two birth stories she will be sharing with us today. Both of her little ones were born here in the Czech Republic. Her first one, she opted for hospital birth with support from a midwife at home that later turned into a doula role in the hospital. And with her second one, she tried for a home birth and it turned into a home birth transfer in the end because little Tamil was a little bit, little bit stubborn been there at the end I think um so enjoy the episode guys it's containing a lot of a lot of good information on from the inside of the hospitals in 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 Prague and and Micah shares a lot of a lot of the the little details that sometimes when we when we are here in this city and we don't know how it is to give birth here and what to choose and what to look for she has a lot of little little things that she shares and it's quite valuable information i think so so um if you are about to choose a hospital for yourself maybe it's a good good one to listen into um and maybe it's good to ask micah some questions afterwards as well i'm sure she wouldn't mind all right guys i'm going to stop talking now enjoy the episode Hi, Micah, and welcome to the Nine Months Podcast. Hello, thanks for having Hi. me. 
<laughs> Thank you for trusting me with your birth stories today. Um, do you want to start with introducing yourself and who's in your family and what you guys are doing? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm Maike. I'm originally from Berlin, Germany. Um, now based in the Czech Republic for about eight years. Um, the first six years of them in Prague and now for about yeah, a year and a half, almost two years um, in, in the Czech mountains in the east of the country. They're called Yeseniki Mountains, so in the countryside. And oh, that's nice. my family. Yeah, sorry. No, I just said it was nice. Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> like jumping. <laughs> so that's a no, no. Now. <laughs> you're, all, you're all good. You're all good. Um, Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Um, my family is uh, myself, um, my boyfriend, who is Czech, Daniel, and uh, two kids, a girl and a boy, Tiada, who is turning six in three weeks, and um, Kamo, who is one and three quarters. He will be two in June. Um, yeah, that's us. Um, uh, yeah, we're not doing that much at the moment due to the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work in international education in Prague. I worked with um, American students who studied at the universities, um, Charles University and the technical and um, business uh, university in Prague yeah so that's my profession but now I'm on maternity leave or parental leave rather still and mm. hoping to get back to work at some point later this year depending on how the pandemic goes let's say yeah 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 I think we're all depending on how the exactly. pandemic goes like, with the work <laughs> how will school, be will school be happening and because mm -hmm. my daughter's supposed to start school in September so yeah oh yeah um, oh well yeah big year <laughs> oh, <good>. yes <laughs> we will see we, we will see, see exactly all right so let's start with your journey to becoming pregnant the first time then mm -hmm. did you guys plan to have a baby and how did you find out that you were pregnant yeah we were at this point together for not that long in hindsight uh, maybe two and a half <laughs> years two years three years um but I felt like, yeah, it's the right time. So we really just uh, said, okay, let's try it. And um, surprise, surprise, it worked. First attempt. Um, <laughs> like, oh, I should have known this. I would have prepared better. I was like, oh, no, I didn't eat a raw steak. And, you know, <laughs> didn't drink <laughs> enough wine before. So, yeah, it, it happened. Um, and I found out. Like I didn't actually, I didn't think it would happen. So I was quite uh, surprised. I had those kind of like um, pains similar to your period pains, as they sometimes say, you know, it kind of like it feels similar. And I really thought, oh, oh, I need to kind of like prepare my hot water bottle. I'll get my period. And it didn't come. And I was like, hang on, <laughs> didn't we try? Maybe I should do a test. And yeah, I went to buy a test and it was positive. We did it to get, like I was at home. I went to buy it in DM or something like that. So a, a drugstore. And um, mm -hmm. I did it at home, um, came out of the bathroom. So there wasn't a big reveal or anything. I was just like, do you think this is a positive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely it's very you know it wasn't very strong and he's like yeah yeah you're pregnant so yeah that was it I was pregnant and um Aww. yeah it was 
really nice actually we were quite happy we kept it um not secret but yeah we just wanted to kind of like enjoy it a little bit just as a couple so we really like the first um trimester yeah like the first 12 weeks we kind of like didn't tell anyone and then um we revealed the, to you know my parents family friends and so on and everything went really well um it was quite a smooth pregnancy i didn't feel too sick um i only had really bad issues with smell like i just couldn't stand um like out you know smells that that met you in the city when you were like, you know, in Prague, we have the pram. And if someone was eating something, I felt really, you know, oh, this is really gross. Yeah. And I had like <laughs> a Tic Tac box with me, you know, like little mints or something all the time. And I didn't really felt like eating warm meals. I really had the craving mm. from uh, just salads and stuff like this, because I had this issue with smelling cooked meals, especially. Um, mm. Yeah, but otherwise it was fine. I felt fit. Um, everything went well um, until we had a checkup. So I went to the, what you do like regularly to the OBGYN um, uh, appointments um, and around, I think it was about fifth months or six months into the pregnancy. Um, she said, okay, I don't want to scare you, but uh, we see like a brain cyst in your baby's brain. And she was mm -hmm. very good about it. She really kind of like stressed that I should not panic before she told me. Um, she, she's quite a well-known um, OBGYN and she's very specialized in doing the kind of like scans. How do you call them? Scans? Yeah, like the, not yeah. the ultrasound, but yeah. yeah. Uh, TC scans? Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so she was really kind of like trying to tell me without me going completely into panicky mood. But of course, mm -hmm. when you hear something like this and you're really walking through your pregnancy before, like, oh, you know, nothing happened. Um, it was a tough four weeks or so until the next appointment um, where she said either it will be gone or you know we will have to kind of like deal with it further and by that time after four weeks it was uh, gone you couldn't see it anymore so that's what she said she said you know don't panic it probably will disappear it's still you know everything is still in motion um but the, the, the this month was really tough because you know you start to google things before that i really made an effort not to you know, spend too much time in those forums and to Google every possible thing. I was quite carefree in my pregnancy and I um, I didn't really know many people that were pregnant at the time. Um, so there was a lot of, I don't know, I mean, I was around kids. I was a babysitter before and I babysat quite like a five months old. I started once, but that was 10 years earlier. And so I didn't really have a lot of friends that um, were pregnant with me really um, so there was of course some things that you had to kind of like find out through literature or something like this but I really tried to limit this kind of like random forum googling <laughs> type of thing until this month of course then I feel like you're just you know you want what's the percentage what can happen you know even yeah. if your doctor says you know don't panic just yet of course you're mind runs crazy at this point yeah so that was the only big shocker <laughs> yeah. 
Did she did she um, tell you what could what could be a possible outcome if this is stayed? Did she talk you through that? Or no, did she, she just didn't. Say, Let's wait and see. Yeah, she did not yet. And then mm-hmm. when I googled it, I felt like yeah, good that she didn't yet because it was you uh-huh. know it was really kind of like this. It, this happens only to one percent, and yeah, it was pretty much all kind of like doom and gloom. What I found. So yeah, I was quite happy that she she she's quite a she was always quite a rational person and sometimes um i miss you know or like if you want from your doctor to also kind of like touch your belly maybe and be more kind of like haptic she wasn't she was always very classically medically just using her scan and her you know Mm -hmm. like gel and the 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 ultrasound (laughs) thing and that was it like touching was minimal um but uh, what I appreciated about her was that in, in that sense, she was quite rational and that was like a positive at this point. Yeah. Um, and uh, for the more kind of like emotional side of things, I'll come to this in a little while. I had um, a doula um, or basically a midwife um, because, yeah, I did want I did want kind of like a, a different birth experience, maybe just the classical medical one um yeah can i ask you sure. how you went about that here in in prague um finding a midwife or or a doula and like how how did you find your way towards the care that you got even yeah. your ob was it easy or the ob i already had before it was just my gynecologist really um so so that was fine that I just it wasn't easy to find one but then I ended up accidentally with this one who was actually very specialized in that field so that was just my regular kind of like gynecologist that took over the pregnancy care as well um and that I really I think I I asked some friends I called I remember I called um, a lot of doctors and this one I think I happened to find just googling and looking what's close to my work and like looking at the reviews that wasn't any kind of like recommendation um but yeah I pretty much knew also um maybe maybe the background I feel like the cultural background is always important maybe how you approach pregnancies as well and um even though I didn't have many friends at the time that were pregnant as well I kind of like had this, you know, my mother in in Berlin, she, she was giving birth, um, like a, she had an ambulant birth that was quite common in the 80s, I think. Um, and so I guess I always grew up with approaching kind of like pregnancy. The way, you know, we were educated, the books we read with our parents when we were kids, you know, how do kids come about? And, you know, it was all kind of like, swayed into this kind of like more alternative lefty direction maybe at the time in the 80s it wasn't very you know classical hospital birth um um, so yeah i knew i had to like research what my what do people do in the czech republic and what what are the options and um as i think uh, many people find this this uh, facebook uh pages um the bums tots and what is it babies bums and tots facebook um page where you can have information in english but i was lucky um that my uh, boyfriend's sister 
was pregnant at the same time and she's Czech and she's also a bit more on the alternative side of things. So um, she, she was already a bit further ahead in her pregnancy. So I always had a good reference point there as well. For example, um, they recommended um, a kind of like birth uh, course, birth preparation course for us in Art Centrum, which is like a kind of like a more alternative um, parenting facility. Like, I don't even know what it's like a community facility where they do um, birth preparation classes, but also um, yoga and postnatal pilates and um, also they have kind of like groups for kids and they do various kind of things but um the one person who runs it is uh, runs the birth preparation courses there he's um oh no i forgot the name i will come to me i <laughs> i can tell you yeah. later <laughs> for the for the for the notes um of course she of course. is uh, she's kind of like the the most uh, famous um, Czech midwife. Um, oh, she Zuzana. Uh, uh, is it her, the older lady? Yeah. Zuzana, I forget her last name now as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I always have it in my mind, but what's her name? Now yeah. I'm thinking about all my other <laughs> midwives. Um, <laughs> we will find it and put it on the, sh on anyway, the show. Anyway, yeah. Sure. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. So she's, she's very well experienced. Um, you know, um, she's kind of like the head of the midwife association in the country and so on. So she's doing those courses. So yeah, I was lucky that, that, uh, Zenik's sister recommended, um, this course to us. And yeah, from this kind of like, I built kind of like knowledge of what I want, what I don't want, or maybe want, you know, a lot of the stuff was also, Hmm what do I like what do I want and what do I feel like I can really do because I feel like uh, sometimes uh, you feel like maybe there's an ideal but will you really manage that and so I felt like what is really possible and we settled on um, we're not brave enough to <laughs> or we're not confident enough to kind of like do a home birth with the first child um, I think in Germany, if I would have given birth there, um, they have birthing centers. And this, is, this was my kind of like ideal birth scenario. And in 2015, there wasn't anything like that in Prague, although now there is a birthing center in Bulovka. So um, yeah, so at the time I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not ready for, you know, um, doing the home birth, which is a complicated topic in the Czech Republic, as you know, yeah. probably. Um, yeah. Uh, I didn't feel confident enough with my first uh, birth. Um, and so we settled on, we want kind of like, we want the hospital, but we want it to play a minimal role in our whole overall birth kind of like, you know, uh, uh, process. Um, so yeah, I puzzled that together. Um, and yeah, uh, that's what we settled on. So the rest of the pregnancy went fine so I knew oh yeah the other thing <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the other thing I knew is that um because I've never I don't I don't really have uh, experiences with hospitals in general not just in relation to the country I was never hospitalized so this was really my first um really kind of contact with hospitals like being a patient in a hospital um 
So I thought I don't really, I want to have a doula or I want to have like a support person. That was really important to me for two reasons. One was that we could um, stay home longer because I thought, you know, the doula or I ended up with a midwife um, could come to our place and she can kind of like call the shots when we have to go to the hospital. Um, and the second uh, reason was that I thought I really... I don't know hospitals. I feel like I don't want to put all the pressure on, on my partner during the birth because I thought, I don't know how I'm going to react. I don't know how he's going to react. It's our first child. We both don't know. Uh, maybe he will not be able, you know, I just don't know how I will feel at this point. Um, I, don't, I don't want him to be my only advocate if he's also never gone through the process. Um, because I thought maybe he will faint. You don't know. So I, I wanted to have another kind of like person who knows what we want, who knows our birth plan and who can be, can be our advocate in case he can't or he doesn't want to or, you know, um, we're both out. Who knows? Um, <laughs> and yeah. So, yeah, so that was the reason, um, the two reasons really to, to have like a support person or um, uh, we had a midwife acting as a doula because um, if you go to the hospital, even with a midwife, and that's not a midwife that works in that hospital, she can only act as a, you know, emotional support as a doula um, in that case. Mm. Um, I think at this time, uh, I was looking in both directions and um, this person came recommended and so it was also about, you know, who's available when. Um, and uh, yeah, so I went with her. I would have also gone with a doula. So, it, you know, for this birth, it wasn't important to me whether she was a midwife or not. But actually, mm -hmm. it was quite nice because um, she ended up doing the checkups at the end of the pregnancy as well. So I didn't have to go to once you get in, in the Czech Republic after weeks. 36 I think I don't remember properly you get yeah, transferred yeah. from your doctor to the hospital and so I and I chose Poduli which is a big but a birth friendly hospital uh, or natural birth friendly hospital in Prague um, but it's very huge because it's only for births it's a birthing center but not kind of like run by midwives but you know, just the hospital for births, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's very uh, big. So when you go to your weekly checkups, you had to wait there for hours, you know, and they would put kind of like the ultrasound on you. And um, yeah, then you went home and you basically spend your whole day there. Um, so yeah. I thought that was very uncomfortable at the end of the pregnancy specifically. Um, so I actually went to the registration appointment and then only every other week and the other weeks my midwife did the checkup instead so I kind of like alternated mm. so that was nice and this is what I meant earlier when I felt like the check system is really trying to keep your baby safe but it kind of like lacks the emotional support for the mother I find um, so they do everything medically possible to you know, keep yourself, well, the mother too, in terms of like physical health, but yeah, there's yeah. very little kind of like emotional support or be it just kind of like touching your belly, you know, and kind of like feeling mm -hmm. and telling you, look, there's the head and you can, you know, you can feel it yourself if you put your hand here and there. 
So I feel like my midwife promoted um, this connection between me and the baby as well, you know, that I was able to, to feel like the position and kind of like just to, you know, put some oil on your belly or something that yeah. is really needed at the end of the pregnancy, I feel kind of like this, this little bit of uh, time where you can just let go and um, yeah, connect. Or at least for me, it was needed and everyone is different. Yeah, so this was kind of like a nice um, way to to get that feeling that was lacking from the kind of like OBGYN hospital side of things. And also, of course, then she knew, she knew us a little bit already. And, you know, uh, when the day came and the birth kind of like started, um, she was already involved. So that was nice. Yeah, so that was kind of like the pregnancy I think so there was this one hiccup and everything else went smooth. <laughs> that's great yeah so should we jump into the birth story itself then yeah we can yeah <laughs> when did it start like how how many weeks were you and did you know that it was starting <laughs> yeah I kind of like I had a feeling it was not going to be over you know, it was, I thought it's not going to be over the due date. Um, also, now I come to think about it, um, our kind of like time of having babies is always accompanied by big changes in our lives. And we were moving flats, um, just really literally, um, Tiara was born in April and we moved, uh, I think first of March, we moved into a new place um in the same house so we just moved flats like to 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 um um what do you want to say two <laughs> stuck two stories up so two floors up sorry uh -huh. <laughs> oh god you're fine we not kicking in um so two floors up yeah. so it wasn't like a massive move and um i didn't obviously carry anything but we were still at this uh time where we had to unpack all the boxes and you know we had this kind of like steep stairs um, we had kind of like a, another floor it was like a mesonette kind of like another little area up there where I went up that day and I thought hmm I wonder if that was too much action and that night um, my water broke so I had a classic kind of like uh, film scenario where the water breaks first um, so I woke up in the middle of the night lying in this kind of like wet puddle <laughs> and I thought okay uh, <laughs> so that must have been my waters and it was four in the morning and I remember <laughs> waking up Stenyak but he has the deepest sleep ever and I said I think my water broke and he just turned around oh okay <laughs> slept on and I was like okay um I guess it's good. Mm. I learned in the course, you shouldn't panic. And if this happens in the night, I remember that they were saying you should just kind of like try to sleep on. <laughs> you should not move anymore yeah. once your water breaks a lot. But of course, I was like lying there like, oh, well, it's all very exciting. Um, so I tried to really, you know, just I, I cleaned up the sheets and I tried to lie down until the morning a bit further. And then really, it was... Um, quite relaxing we didn't have any other kids yet so I feel like the first <laughs> time it was very like I was, like, I was just lying on the couch uh, listening to audiobooks um, actually a crime story I don't know how that 
fit together in my mind, but it did. So it was all really relaxed. I tried to kind of like keep, um, yeah, I, I tried to keep in the, keep in the lying position due to, you know, the, the breaking of the waters. And I was in touch with my midwife and she was also very relaxed. Um, so she just said, you know, when you are getting to more kind of like the, the labor signs that, uh, you know, the kind of like contractions um, become more regular. And when you hit like a pain threshold or, or the five minutes, you know, um, kind of like a combination of all call me. So basically we were just sitting it out that day. Um, it was a nice day. It was nice weather. It was quite relaxed and nothing really happened until the evening. So the whole day was pretty much uh, spent at home and a quite relaxed state and it was about 10 p.m. Um, that we called uh, my midwife because the contractions became irregular and the pain kind of like started to kick in and I thought okay maybe now it's a good idea to call her and uh, she came a bit later and we started really moving to the bedroom and I had a bouncy ball and that was just my preferred position so I was just basically putting my hands on the bouncy ball and just kind of like um, uh, sitting there or kneeling with, you know, the weight on the ball. <clears throat> and um, I don't remember that much kind of like um, pain or nothing. It was really quite okay. I, I just felt like I could have stayed in this position forever. Um, I remember that Zdeniek made a bath for me at some point because we tried, you know, different positions maybe to, to you know, kind of like see if there's a progression. Um, and I went into the bath. I remember he spent a lot of time making it. He put candles there and kind of like my midwife brought some essential oils. And I remember I was in this bath maybe for 30 seconds and I just couldn't stand it. Oh. <laughs> That's also one thing I wanted to mention because I know I had in my mind this romantic idea of, you know, doing the bathing and my whole pregnancy I felt like yeah uh -huh. I think this is a good thing you know you see all the water births and that it's you read that it's such a relaxing thing but I just really couldn't stand it I just could not stand the touch of the water <laughs> so everything was different so that was a bit disappointing for him I think because he, he was like here I made you a super nice bath and <laughs> I'm like oh no I can't I need to go out again um yeah but then um Oh, and, yeah <laughs> I was like afterwards I was saying I'm really sorry it, was, it wasn't you <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> at 1 uh, a.m so 10 p.m she came around 10 30 at 1 a.m she said okay Micah we need to go to the hospital you're you're about to give birth and otherwise the car ride will be uncomfortable and our strategy was um, to basically wait at home so long that we can be admitted right to the birthing Porodnisal, the birthing theater. Um, because I did want to kind of like sur surpass the waiting time in the hospital. So, so she said, now, if we go now, you will be admitted right away. And, you know, off we go. <laughs> and she said, it won't be long. Yeah. So, yeah. So we transferred to the hospital. Everything was smooth. She said, oh, yeah, it won't be long. I can already see the head. Da, 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 da. Um, mm. And when we got to the hospital, something in me completely clicked. Like, you know, I felt like I lost the flow. I was really in a flow. 
I feel like I got, you know, you have your oxytocin levels um, coming out and I felt like this transition really um, kind of like stopped my birthing process. Um, I felt like I had to basically when you get admitted to the hospital, even if you want to be admitted to the birthing room or birth, how do you call this birthing theater, I guess? Uh, birthing yeah, suite, birthing maybe? suite nowadays. Um, you, <laughs> uh, you have to go through this kind of like check room where they put you on a chair and they just check and measure if you're really ready to go in there or if they, you know, just see how dilated you, you are and how far in, you are in, in your um, kind of like labor. And so I was already really kind of like, this is really, you know, I just want to kind of like start <laughs> giving birth. And so they, you have to sit on this chair. It took a while. And I think this medical process really stopped my whole mental flow. And I probably um, released a lot of adrenaline at that time too because of this transition so when i went into the birthing suite um yeah i felt like everything stopped my labor stopped um and um well they had a bouncy ball there as well so i was able to kind of like recreate my home situation um, <laughs> but they did um force me to go on the back on the chair ever so often and I think that totally threw me kind of like this kind of like okay we need to measure your the heartbeat and for every time they measured the heartbeat I had to climb on there on the on the kind of like chair um, I had a problem with the full bladder um, which you feel like it's not a big thing but you read about it as well right in your kind of like breath preparations it tells you please if you can go to the toilet empty your bladder and you know go pooing <laughs> all the stuff and i just couldn't i couldn't pee and so all of a sudden this kind of like nice birth experience although they also my midwife asked me to go peeing at home because she said really your bladder is blocking you know it needs to be emptied um but yeah, I felt like all of a sudden it was just this expectations of, you know, can you go peeing now? Try, try to pee in the shower. So they put on a shower for me, run the water. So all of a sudden my mind is, was running with everything else, but, you know, being, you know, close to the baby. And yeah, so it, it was really annoying. Um, I felt really stressed at this point, I think, because I also felt like everyone was putting pressure on me whether they wanted or not um or you know i felt like i wasn't really with me i wasn't in my zone i felt well this was really a stop and actually my contraction stopped uh, at this point um, yeah and so mm -hmm. uh yeah the the hospital i had i was really lucky i had a really nice midwife i cannot complain about the stuff but yeah we we came there at one and with the expectations of this being a quick, quick, more, one more hour or so, nothing happened. So it was really kind of like they had to restart the whole process. And so they were pushing, um, they monitored the heartbeats and they were getting slower um, and they were starting to push for an emergency C-section at that point. And this is why I was very happy to had have had my um, midwife with me because they had a birth plan. We wrote a birth plan for the hospital as well. I forgot to mention this. So you can turn it in advance or you bring it with you um, so that they can read what you want, what you don't want. And they respect that um, in for sure. 
Um, yeah. But so basically mm. they're saying, okay, you can have one more, one more try. Um, and if not, uh, we need to move you out. <laughs> we, need to, we need to prepare you for the emergency mm. because the heartbeat is just really slow. And um, yeah, my midwife knew that this was kind of like my horror option. So she was really kind of like pep talking me at this point. She's like, yeah, you can do it. Come on. Um, so we opted. Uh, so we talked them into um, giving us the oxytocin, the chemical one. So I thought it's better for me. Yeah. I'd rather take this than the C-section. Um, so they restarted my labor with that um, chemical oxytocin and that worked. And yeah, so I was really like, okay, this is it. I need to, <laughs> I was pushing. I was like, come on, we can do it. And we managed. Um, but yeah, it was quite tra traumatic actually for my partner at this point because they were really getting concerned and this is really blurry for me because you know you're kind of like it was already 40 hours or something <laughs> since the water broke so I really was kind of like just focused on okay we need to do this I don't want the c-section but when she came out her aqua score was really low she was five five seven ten um, she had her umbilical cord wrapped around her neck this is probably why we think she couldn't make, make it. That's why it took so much longer to, because she was already really close when we left um, home yeah. um, and she couldn't somehow make that last uh, corner and then that stressed me out. So everything stopped anyway. We don't know why it happened, but yeah. So uh, she was very uh, blue <laughs> and um, they were concerned that she'd lost uh, too much oxygen. Um, and for me, you know, they put me on my body. Uh, she started after she had five, seven, ten, so she was okay. After a while, she started screaming. Uh, we did skin to skin; it was all fine. But I know that Stenik was very affected by this side of her being like kind of low, and um, uh, he was quite traumatized from this experience more than I. I was maybe traumatized in hindsight a bit of how this was handled but once I had her on me you know my kind of like hormones kicked in and I was in heaven and all was fine and he basically had to go home and deal with this alone and I think that was really kind of like a hard time for him so we stayed um, yeah you're allowed to stay in the birth suite for another two hours to do the skin on skin and to kind of like make sure that you can breastfeed um, and bond and then you get transferred to um, the room now our plan was the ambulant birth which at this point was kind of like thrown out of the window because they said we really need to keep your baby to do a ct scan in the morning to see how the oxygen loss affected the brain um, so I said, yeah, that makes sense. And honestly, at this point, I feel like we were all exhausted. So I didn't really think about going home anymore um, because yeah, she was born. So we, we got there at 1 a.m. and she was born 7, 7 a.m. in the morning. So it was another six hours in there, really. Um, yeah, so that was the birth. My midwife stayed. Um, then she obviously went home. Uh, Stenjek went home and he, we didn't have a family room um, there is a chance that you can get a family room but at this night there was nothing available so he had to go home after all this drama and uh, yeah mm -hmm. I, I stayed alone um, yeah 
um, but uh, I had her with me from the beginning next to me. Um, she wasn't given to like a nursery. You can, you can like have, you can, I mean, it, it, we had a birth plan, so we had written there, we want, you know, we don't want bathing, we don't want a dummy, um, we don't want uh, the umbilical cord clip before, like you can request all those things. Um, and so I had her with me um, right from the beginning. Um, yeah, and we went to a room. Oh, I also forgot to mention that at this point when I, they gave me the oxytocin, um, also they had to do the episiotomy um, because they said, or they had to, they, they chose to, let's say, because they said we need to now make sure she goes out now or never, otherwise you have the C-section. So I, at this point, said, yeah, just do whatever it takes so that we can get her out naturally, um, pretty much, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that was the birth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, totally different. But in the end, she came out. And um, yeah, this is why I, I couldn't stress enough how important it is to have someone with you to advocate for you. Um, yeah. You know, in the end of the day, I wouldn't have thought the C-section, I wouldn't have felt bad to have the C-section either. But I think at this point, if we wouldn't have had our midwife, Zdeniak was already scared. I think he was not, you know, I don't think we could have made the decision. We just didn't know enough medically to say, oh, you know, there's still time. Let's try oxytocin first. We probably would have just said, yeah, whatever, you know, because at this point, I feel like you're just not informed enough from a medical point of view. Um, after you have your, you know, already such an exhaustion, when they say, okay, the heartbeat is dropping, I think every parent is just putting their kind of like trust in the medical stuff because no one wants their baby to be in any risky position, right? So, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think sometimes yeah, so that is this thing of writing a birth um, plan, or yeah. I was talking to another lady and she said a birth wish and I really like this you know mm -hmm. birth wish yeah but I think that the most important thing that that does writing a birth plan even if it goes out the window is that you get to think about your options and you get to think exactly. about the progression of what happens in birth and what what can I choose and what can I say no to and what can I say yes to and so so that's a absolutely it's a it's a nice thing to do for yourself I think also just in preparation for yeah to educate yourself really you know absolutely especially for first-time parents and also what I liked about this is that it was something we did together um, it's not just a mom's you know job it's something that involves the father. Um, there are certain things that he requested that he wanted where he had to think about what he wanted as well. Um, yeah, I think it's a nice thing to do no matter where. Maybe, yeah, birth wish um, actually sounds much nicer than <laughs> <laughs> uh, birth plan because plan also, yeah, it's a very high standard. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If you put it as a plan, you can only be disappointed if things don't go according to that plan right yeah. yeah 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 so how was uh postpartum then yeah i i stayed um i had a double room with another czech mom who had yindrich i still remember the baby's name and um 
I felt a bit bad because she actually didn't have him with her in the night and Tiara was crying pretty much the first. I mean, no, she wasn't crying, but you know, uh, well, we were breastfeeding. She woke up, was crying a little bit. I was breastfeeding her and so on. Um, so I felt kind of like the disadvantage of having the double room is that I felt like, okay, she was probably giving up her baby to have rest and then I'm there. This mom is not giving up her baby, um, you know, for resting. And so I felt a bit awkward. Um, but otherwise, it was nice to have her. She was also first time mom. Um, so, yeah, we kind of like, it was nice to have someone else actually in, in, in the room. I, I enjoyed that. Um, we could kind of like give us um, rolling eyes over certain, you know, <laughs> nurses or things. It was, it was okay. Um, um, yeah, but it was fine. Um, obviously, I didn't. Sleep. She was born at uh, seven a.m., so I kind of like came there and had breakfast. And you know, it's really bizarre. All of a sudden, you're there in this room with your new baby, and you know, uh, for them, it's kind of like a, here's the hotel. So that was actually nice to have very you know undermining <laughs> kind of like not very underwhelming breakfast but um at least some someone to you know give you a coffee or you know a tea and, and some breakfast and um try to sleep i didn't sleep during the day really though so i kind of like just uh, slept the next night and um everything went well we only had to wait for the ct testing date which was the next day I think or was it already the Monday I'm not sure maybe it was because I really was knocked out yeah probably probably the afternoon um, they took her away to do the scan C CT scan of the brain so that was the only time she was away and actually that's when I fell asleep um, and that was the only kind of like uncomfortable thing that uh, when I woke up and she wasn't there um, yeah, I was kind of like waiting as you do, but that that was kind of like, I knew that she was going for the um, scan. They communicated that and my check was okay at the time. Not great, but for the verbal communication, that was fine. I could communicate with the nurses and the doctors and <clears throat> the doctor spoke English anyway. Um, but yeah, then I woke up and uh, I didn't know how long I slept um, and she wasn't there. And so it's like, okay, I'm going to take a shower or, you know, uh, read a little bit or you know write my mom or something what you what I didn't have time to do yet and then she wasn't coming back and um, yeah so I had to actually go to find the nurse's office and I said oh I'm waiting I, my, my daughter was taking for the scan and I said yeah we didn't want to bring we, we we saw you were sleeping so we didn't want to bring her back in so she was at the kind of like nursery area with the other babies um which kind of like is you know when you're a newborn a new new mom it's kind of like you're very I don't know at least I felt that was the moment where I just didn't feel very good that I didn't know where she was and how it went and how long she was there and how long I you know I tried to kind of like recapitulate how long I slept um but yeah it was fine um I didn't see why they couldn't have rolled her back in next to me, even though I was sleeping, you know that, but I think that's just this kind of like old school way of thinking, ah, oh, she's resting. So we are putting 
her somewhere else. But she was fine. She was sleeping too at this point. And then we were together and I said, um, okay, I will sign myself off early. I will stay one more night just because um, uh, she had the test and, you know, we need to wait now for the results. And I think at this point, because they're doing the vitamin K shot, right? And um, also they're doing some test. Um, yeah, the little one, the heel pricking test. Um, so at this point we said, okay, it's, there's no point um, going now and then coming back for this stuff. So now we're just going to be doing it. Um, we're just going to wait one more night. Um, they also in the meantime offered us a family room on the second. So on the day, actually, they said, oh, we have a family room available now. But I knew I wasn't going to stay the 72 hours of what it is the standard time so i said no it's just give it to someone who you know really needs it i will find myself out the next day um so yeah we stayed one more night and what was nice about it was that i really got to see that if you if you do want this hospital birth that i think um or what i do like about it is that you know compared to other countries um it's kind of like an all-inclusive scenario right it's covered with your health insurance you don't pay anything extra um, you get your food um, you actually we got um, the nurses come in uh, or a lactation consultant comes in and shows you how to breastfeed although yeah you need to take it with a grain of salt again because they are still kind of like very old school in their approach that they want you to time it the first days until this uh, the breastfeeding is established, which um, again, if you don't do your research in advance or if you don't know better, you probably go with that. Mm. And I know lots of um, women also who then, you know, felt guilty or had problems with like saying, oh, but my baby is crying and I still have to wait another hour before I can breastfeed. And, um, you know, kind of like you ignore the cues and you go with this time schedule. Um, and this is what they tell you to do. Um, but I knew uh, that I want to be quite in intuitive in my, in my parenting. So I kind of like just didn't do that. And also I had her lie, like I, I put myself in the lying position because I had the episiotomy. So it wasn't very nice to sit anyway. And um, I just went, I just did this. Although the nurses every time said, oh, you should have your you know, your knees on a stool, uh, your feet on a stool, and then, you know, you should have the arm like this. And I was just like, oh, I'm just going to lie down and do it. So uh, you just have to like ignore the, that. I, I, but you know, if you don't know anything, I feel like at least they show you something. If you feel completely lost, um, you can still make your mind up after those four days, right? But at least they're supporting you to, to, you know, they're showing you how the latch should be and, you know, everything. They're kind of like, there are pros and cons, but I feel like it's better than nothing. And it's actually good that they're promoting breastfeeding um, and showing you how to do it. Then there comes a lady and shows you kind of like postnatal exercises every morning. She does it with you for like three minutes. Um, um, so actually, it's kind of like this overall package, right? <laughs> so... And you don't pay anything for it. So um, because I compare it to the German system where you have a paid midwife uh, during your, you know, your pregnancy and a, a 
postnatal period. So she actually comes and visits you every day for two weeks after you give birth. Um, so you have a midwife that you don't pay for that does all of these things, but in the comfort of your home, she, you know, looks at how you, how your baby is doing. She's doing all the kind of like aftercare of your body, of your baby, um, has, you know, can, can help with breastfeeding. Um, which of course is great, but I feel like the Czech system doesn't have that. But if you stay the recommend, recommended four days, at least you get kind of like a, a starter set of, you know, that kind of, you know, like how to, how to handle your baby. They show you how to handle your baby, how to bathe and so on. Um, so if this is what you, if you want, or if you really don't know, and you just go in, um, at least you get kind of like, yeah, the starter set <laughs> provided, let's say. Um, and everyone was very friendly. Um, so I cannot really say anything um, negative about kind of like the day-to-day -day, um, experience um, in this postnatal hospital set, um, apart from this, yeah, this communication lack or kind of like this assumption that I want to rest um, <laughs> alone when my baby was taken away. Um, but yeah, I decided to sign myself out early after the CT, CT test came back um, and everything was fine. So once we had the kind of like medical uh, kind of like question marks ticked off, um, I said, yeah, I want to go. I want to go early. I want to go home. And there was a little bit of pushback that, you know, they basically just remind you. But so you need to have a pediatrician that you can, you know, that can do the one week follow up uh, checkup, I think. And um, yeah, you need to sign a form that you take responsibility for any anything that happens. Um, yeah, basically medically. Um, yeah so um apart from that it was fine yeah. um, and how was it coming home and coming home was nice it was nice to be, be home really um and um we had one week or i don't even know if i count in the two days no yeah in, including the two days in the hospital we had one week completely alone and then my mom came to help um which was nice, but um, also stressful for me. I know that's also kind of like a thing where um, people maybe are divided, that some people really like to have this support structure and others might, may find it's an extra stress. So I would have maybe in hindsight liked to um, have more kind of like the time and just in our small family unit. But on the other hand, it was great. She was doing the cooking and the cleaning and, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was okay. And then afterwards, uh, Stenik's mom and grandmother also came, um, although um, his mom wasn't living with us, but his grandmother was staying with us. And that really felt quite stressful for me because all of a sudden I felt like everyone had an opinion on, which, you know, how long I should breastfeed on each boob and, you know, yeah. she's not changing the boobs. And, you know, there was kind of like talk uh, um, and Stenjak was like, but they're just, you know, they're helping. I don't know what your problem is. They just want to help. And I felt like that was quite overwhelming mm. for me at the time. Yeah. Um, although I know it came from 
a good place you know it came from a kindness um place but yeah i felt like in hindsight i would have done that differently or basically we did that differently with the second <laughs> yeah yeah it's just different things that we prefer i think yeah i i don't know i whenever we had visitors i think i had the advice in my first pregnancy from a friend of mine and she said if you want to kick people out you just kick them out you've just had a baby just mm -hmm. kick them out of your heart your yeah. house if you want them to stay and do a load of laundry you ask them to do that <laughs> so i was just set on that and uh and I think yeah. it was fine for us. Um, but, but yeah, it's like either, either you prefer just being cocooned in on your own or, or you like, yeah. you know, yeah. having people. Probably around. also part of your, how you were, you know, your traditions or, mm. you know, how, mm. yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, um, everything else was fine. Everything was healing. Okay. Um, she was born at this perfect time in spring. So the kind of like um, six weeks after were really nice. It wasn't too warm. It wasn't too cold. We could go for walks. I felt quite physically quite fit. Um, yeah, it was really smooth. Um, I know that um, Stenik was really still kind of like having bad dreams about the past. So he was a bit more oh. traumatized um, at this point. Yeah yeah so yeah and how how did you guys know that you wanted another another little one what was yeah that i mean like? we we always knew that we wanted to have we, we both well, i have a sister he has siblings we always knew we want to try to have you know have um um one more child at least um and but i wasn't really ready so soon um I really didn't think I could share my love already. So um, I think it was about the three, uh, maybe a bit early, and a half, three year kind of like mark where I felt like, okay, now I'm ready. Um, I also felt quite stressed out about the thought of, you know, having two kids in nappies and two kids breastfeeding and so on. I felt like, <laughs> I, yeah, so it was, um, yeah, it was a kind of like, we didn't really plan it when you know the age we didn't think oh what's the age difference we want this we want that it was more kind of like an emotional feeling that I felt like yeah now I'm ready I'm ready to give you know to share my mother's love and you know we're ready in our relationship I went back to work in the meantime that's really was really important to me as well to kind of like find myself again outside of the mother role and yeah then we tried and um yeah we are very lucky apparently that we are always um we one attempt and it works so my, my cycle is very reliable so it's very easy um apparently to get pregnant for us um and um it was about yeah it was tiada's actually tiada's third birthday when i thought oh okay i i can do the test now and i did the test and um it was uh positive and we were like great um and i really didn't expect anything because i thought it was it went all smooth the first time you know um i was working at the time um and then yeah at some point um i was out with the students we were in Karlovy Vary, um so we were actually on a weekend trip and i uh, 
felt like, oh, there's blood in my underwear. So it was really inconvenient time as well because I had to be kind of like a trip leader at this point still. I wasn't in Prague and I was just like, okay, let's not panic. Let's go back to Prague. And yeah, unfortunately, um, yeah, it was a miscarriage. So that was in ninth week. Uh, so already kind of like quite comfortable in my pregnancy and um, yeah. Yeah, so that was um, hard as it is, especially if you don't really, um, yeah, it didn't cross my mind at all. Um, I don't know, I didn't research or, you know, why, why, I guess you don't, you don't really research your odds. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So how did you, how did you get, um, did you go to the hospital then or did you have a doctor already or, or did you receive any sort of support in regards I went to the yeah, so that happened over the weekend on that trip. And then on Monday, I went to Podoli again to the hospital. And um, yeah, they confirmed the pregnancy. But then also um, what I think what happened is that it already went like in hindsight, you know, you think about it. And I think I saw this kind of like bloody um thing in when I went to the toilet on the weekend. So they couldn't find the actual kind of like um how do you call it? The like the sack um, or the like, sack, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They mm. couldn't find it. So what was traumatizing at this point is that they said, Yes, we can see you're pregnant, but we don't see anything. And they wanted to make sure that it wasn't an ovarian kind of like that it wasn't stuck in the um ovaries. So I had to stay there for a while and the doctor, that doctor wasn't like my OBGYN. He wasn't like thinking so much about what he was saying, but he was saying, yeah, in case it is like this, we might have to take one away. And, you know, he went all the way already. <laughs> and I was oh, like, wow. what? Okay. What does that mean? How are my chances then? So basically I was waiting um, in the room to get the scan because they had to transfer me to a different department to get a better scan and better look at the ovaries and so I was thinking okay what what does it mean for me if they say okay it's there we need to take away what am I yeah basically lots of thoughts um, but then they cleared it and they said it probably already went off and so yeah I went home and it was natural so luckily in this situation I didn't have to do any kind of like you know I, they didn't have to get anything out um, I didn't have to do any surgery yeah, it just happened naturally and it went naturally. So, yeah, I was just basically home with heavy bleeding, like a heavy period bleeding and, yeah, dealing yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah. But it and is what did, it is. Yeah. yeah. And how did you feel moving forward from there? Did you feel like you were, did you feel supported and, and that you wanted to try again or what was going through? Yeah, I think... I think, um, yeah, I went to see my sister. I took a little kind of like holiday just to wrap my head around it. Um, and because I think because it was natural and I really thought, you know, if it went away, there must have been something, you know, my body said, okay, there's something, you know, genetically or, you know, I felt like, okay, it is what it is. And um because there wasn't any kind of like surgery kind of surgical procedure I felt like yeah we can just try again mm. um so I waited I think one cycle I waited and then we tried again um and then um 
I miss Karen again. Uh, but this was very early. This was six week. Um, and at this point, I was a bit like, okay. Um, then you start looking at the odds and what happens if you miscarry so and so many times, so many, how your percentage changes. And then all of a sudden, I'm down to, oh, only 40% chance. Or, you know, like you kind of like look at this. And I thought, ah, oh, that's nonsense as well. <laughs> um, I had actually changed in the meantime to another gynecologist due to the fact that the other one was always very clinical and, you know, medically. And I thought, oh, I want to just go to someone who's a bit more kind of like maybe naturally focused. Um, so I went to speak to her after the second and she was just like, um, like I thought, you know, I'm also older at this point. I was 37. And um, I thought, okay, it's a different scenario with Tiara I was 32. Um, maybe we need to look at things like, you know, thyrox or, you know, some hormones. Um, and she was just like, no, two, two miscarriages is not enough. You just need to try again. And I was a bit like, I don't really want to try. Just, you know, uh, if, if there's already something I can do, I don't really want to just try and yeah. just see if I get lucky or not. Um, so actually, um, I went back to my other gynecologist and I thought, you know, I just go there for a consultation, you know, um, as well. So I just went there and she said, oh, you haven't been here in a long time. And I was like, yes, I know. But now <laughs> I want to consult with you. And she, <laughs> so I came back and, and she said, yeah, we're doing all the you know, we're testing for some STDs and we're doing this and that. So I felt actually, finally, after, you know, being all, oh, everything should be all naturally, I felt really kind of like focused on if there's anything medically I can do, I will do it. So she, um, we said, okay, we'll try again. And she put me on this progestosterone. Um, yeah, so this is like the, the hormone that helps the nesting process. Um, and yeah, it worked. So I, I felt pregnant again, like the first attempt and, um, I started taking this, uh, supplement hormones and yeah, it worked. So I don't really know if I was lucky or if it was really, that was the reason. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, um, that was, that was that. Yeah. And how was the pregnancy then? the second time yeah the pregnancy was fine obviously coming from a completely different background right so the first definitely the first trimester was just really kind of like a carpe diem approach like don't think too much ahead just you know every day you keep it and you really have to stop yourself look checking your undies every mm -hmm. time you go peeing like that was my big thing like just you know stay calm and try to you know just enjoy it and um yeah but medically everything went well everything was fine i didn't even have the smell issue um i've i didn't even i i had like maybe one week where i felt sick like you know where i maybe threw up once but really it was all very smooth and um once I got more into the habit of accepting that I also felt at some point, yeah, this baby is going to stay with me. 
Um, so I think about the fourth month, I kind of like it flipped and I was not really thinking about this on a daily basis anymore. And yeah, um, yeah, the rest was fine. Of course, when you have a, a three and a half year old at this point, or, you know, she turned four in April, um, he was born in June. Um, you have kind of like your routine. So the pregnancy flies by, it's just a side product. You just don't have the time anymore yeah. to kind of like dwell on it and sit in this romantic gesture on the couch and thinking, hi baby. And yeah, so you have to make time to connect, I feel like with your, with your belly. I know um, this. <laughs> yeah, you probably know. So yeah, it was, it was all smooth. Um, it was pre-pandemic as well. So it's hard to, to think about it now, but yeah. Yeah. We had, you know, kindergarten runs and I still worked. Um, so it was, yeah, it was all fine, all good. Um, uh, yeah, I just wanted to say this time we said we're not doing another course. But what I wanted to do the first time and I didn't manage because the timing didn't work out the first time when I looked for it. And I, after the, our experience, I wished I had done more from the mental, you know, support of myself during birth. So this time we ended up doing a hypnobirth weekend only. So we thought we don't need like a big long course. Um, and that was super helpful. And that swayed me towards the home birth um, as well, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So did you know what kind of birth you wanted or uh, did you plan for something different then for, for the second birth? <sighs> yeah. Um, so, well, my problem we were really kind of like conflicted this time because my problem was that I felt like this transition to the hospital was kind of like the starting point of all problems. <laughs> and I thought, I always said to Zenik, imagine we would have just stayed home. Yeah, anyway, so what I was saying is that, you know, if we would have just stayed there, she said, oh, she's coming out in an hour. So maybe it would have worked that way, right? So I was the whole time kind of like thinking, ah, this hospital somehow it's a barrier it's some it did something to me but um Zenig was more approaching it from the risky point of view but he he was like but see she had her umbilical cord wrapped around her and she had to do the ct test and um imagine we would have to deal with that at home like you know so because he still was carrying all this birthing trauma with him so we were kind of like in this conflict of what to do like he really craved a more safer maybe for him like you know environment and I was like I really don't want to go to the hospital um, so yeah we were thinking and we chose to register in Neratovice which is outside of Prague which um, because I said okay let's let's choose something where um, I don't have to climb on that bloody chair <laughs> all the time for the check and I can stay in my birthing position and you know, they're generally still a bit more kind of like um, natural birth friendly than the Prague hospitals. Um, yeah. So I read this and from us where we lived, um, it was even sometimes by car quicker to go there than to Podoli because you don't have to drive through the whole city. You could just go on the motorway and, you know, go. So the, the outside of Prague wasn't like a big factor for us. Um, but yeah, so basically we were keeping it quite open. Um, when we did the hypnobirth class, I felt quite um, encouraged um, to maybe try the home birth um, scenario. But um, 
yeah so we were kind of like saying we're registered and uh, we found a midwife who was open for both options as well um so we thought you know nothing to lose we'll just see how the rest of the pregnancy goes if the conditions are fine you never know you know mm. things can change um if the conditions are safe enough that we what we consider safe enough for us and we can decide in the last weeks yeah. um so that was kind of like what we did um then Zdenek broke his leg oh <laughs> really really bad timing uh, about two months before yeah like the mm. due date and so he was pretty much out so the last two months of the pregnancy were really annoying because <laughs> I basically still went to work I had to pick up um, Tiada from preschool I had to do the shopping I mean we were trying to order most things into you know like through like some uh, providers but yeah it felt like while it was my time to kind of like slow it down, uh, I had to load, you know, still like have, you know, kind of like hold down the fort at home. And um, yeah, so that was a bit shitty also for our relationship because yeah, obviously there were lots of tensions. Um, it's nothing he did on, you know, like it happened, it was an accident, but still there was some kind of like, I really was angry at him. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is my time. I should be, you know, you should be carrying things I'm not supposed to carry anymore. And yeah, so it was annoying. And that kind of like threw a question mark towards the whole home birth scenario as well, because we thought mm, if he cannot physically be a support for the midwife, how do we do this if he cannot run and get something or if something goes wrong how you know if he cannot react fast like if we need to transition to a hospital or something how do we do this and at this point was kind of like a point to decide do we want to do it um and we decided to take um another midwife so we had two midwives um at home um because we just thought it's too risky and our midwife also said it's too risky which was a big factor for me as well because i really trusted her and i wanted her to support a safe decision and so she said no it's really important to have an able kind of like partner um so yeah that was kind of like the decision maker that we said okay if we go with this it will be more expensive um how bad do you want this and i said i really want this and so yeah, we said, okay, we'll get like a second, kind of like a doula or, you know, a support midwife. Um, and the other thing was um, that he, Tamil, he was a stargazing baby or <laughs> like, you know, he had the uh, different position. I think it's called, I wrote it down. Posterior. Occiput posterior. Yeah. Um, in the last weeks and we tried, I did my exercises, we tried to turn around and I also went to kind of like a very old, um, a super healing midwife in Art Centrum who's, who's already retired, but she comes in to work with <laughs> complicated cases. And, um, she was trying to kind of like work her magic. Um, yeah, so this was kind of like an unsure factor until the end. Um, but his birth the weight was fine like my doctor said he's quite heavy he will be quite a big baby so this was again kind of like I was like oh I don't know you know 
but yeah, the last weeks then cemented that this is we still wanna we wanna we wanna go ahead and do this. Um, yeah, so that's kind of like the pregnancy and pregnancy plan. Yeah, um, do you want to jump into the birth story then? <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> so um, this case, in this case, um, actually, it started with my. I always notice something. It's a funny pattern. Yeah, with my mucus plug coming out. Um, and I went peeing one morning and I thought, okay, I know this can be a sign, but it can also still be a few days, you know. Um, uh, I had to bring Tiada to uh, her kindergarten that morning because then you couldn't walk, right? So um, I I was already on, on leave um, because you can go quite early in the Czech Republic. So I took the six weeks maternity leave before giving birth. Um, but I dropped her. She still went to Skolka anyway, um, to preschool. And so I thought, okay, well, let's just go about with our day normally. Um, but I did one thing. I called my mom, who was supposed to come this time already, um, to look after her during the birth as well. Because we thought if we do the home birth, we want someone to give 100% of attention to her. Um, yeah. And not us kind of like also shouldering. That's the... So she's in Berlin. Um, so we were like, how do we do this? When do we get her to come? We don't want her like hanging out here two weeks. In advance. <laughs> uh, uh, that's definitely not healthy for any of us. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, so I did when I, when I thought, you, you never know how long it will take. But, you know, I'll just WhatsApp her and say, hey, this happened. And she was like, you know, I'm going to check buses <laughs> because there's, a very fast uh, connection between Berlin and Prague. Um, and uh, I dropped my daughter into preschool and that already felt like that labor was starting. So it was really just a few hours after the mucus blood went. Um, so I went home and, um, I, well, contractions, yeah, not labor, but yeah, the contractions. Um, so I actually told my mom, yeah, just take a bus. I don't think it will be a few more days. I think it will happen. <laughs> and um, went back home uh actually uh, yeah just tried to relax and then at 4 p.m i said okay i think we'll just call um, our midwife one the other one was supposed to come only like you know for the really kind of like um last phase and um so everyone kind of like came around 4 p.m. My mom, Tiara, <laughs> the, the midwife. So it was really kind of like busy and it was quite funny. And it was nice. <laughs> I was still talking. I was like, so how do we do this now? I, and um, yeah, so uh, uh, my midwife then said, yeah, maybe we should, you know, kind of like you should find your own space now and go into your zone. And so, yeah, we went away. Um, my mom took out our daughter to the playground or something and we kind of like went into the bedroom and tried to kind of like get into the zone a bit more because that was really new experience obviously for me that I felt like oh now you have all those people around like when you need to go inside and how how do I do this um yeah so we kind of like went there nothing happened for quite a long time actually you know you always have I don't know Maybe people can relate um, with this moment when you feel like, is this now the right moment to call the midwife or should I wait a little longer? And 
there is no right or wrong answer and the midwives usually also say oh you need to you know think about like what is your threshold pain threshold like when you feel like you need me you call me and yeah but nothing happened for a while and i was like no and she was like, maybe you know maybe i'll go again or you know a bit like okay what do we do um and then uh, about 6 p.m um kind of like it started to become more regular and uh, the kind of like really last stage of birth started and at this point i also am blurry about what happened to my daughter and my mom and i didn't care what they were doing <laughs> was just, you know face <laughs> yeah. um yeah and again it was kind of like going well um with both pregnancy the pain wasn't my issue um i don't know if i have a high high pain threshold or i felt like pain management wasn't my issue my issue was always the mental aspect of giving birth i think because i'm quite a controlling person like i'm find it very hard to let go of control i figured that's something i learned through giving birth that i didn't know i'm such a control freak <laughs> um, um and again yeah so it was going fine um both of them, both midwives were there at this point. They were quite encouraging. But the problem was that he was not uh, turned yet. So he was still in this kind of like stargazing position, which is a bit harder um, for the last stage of birth. And this was exactly the problem that he just didn't seem to manage the last turn <laughs> as far as I remember. And they were trying, they had like a rep under my belly and trying to shake it and you know we tried different positions um they were both very calm i was very calm i never felt like you know there was any issue uh, with safety um but then they were saying you know the heartbeat we need to somehow make a decision and we always agreed in advance that uh, that obviously no one wants to put a baby at risk and when the midwives say we need to go to hospital I said we will go to hospital um, you know I dealt with that I think that's part of the home birth that you have to kind of like you know your rules um, and so there uh, there wasn't any progress you didn't manage this last turn and they said Micah sorry we need to go so off we go. <laughs> and that was a bit of a drama, drama ride by car to hospital. I had to like basically be on my all fours in the back of the car because obviously he was out already so far that I couldn't sit anymore. Um, so one midwife was next to me monitoring the baby. She had like, you know, she was monitoring the heartbeat. I was on all fours. The other midwife was driving. Stanyak drove our car with his broken leg. Somehow he met <laughs> um, behind us. I didn't want to like, it's quite a funny scene actually from the yeah. outside. Um, and we went to the closest hospital to our place, which is only 10 minutes uh, or eight minutes. Um, Bulofta. Um, which was also part of my criteria for the home birth that I knew we have a hospital really close. Um, and so, yeah, we went there. Again, I had to go through this uh, sitting on this chair bit, which this time was really a comical being almost uh, pushed through this thing, like sit on the chair 30 seconds. Okay, go on, go on. Um, because I really felt like I was actually about to give birth in the car. Because maybe this kind of like walking the stairs and this kind of like commotion had 
you know, triggered him to like, I really, at some point my midwife said, no, don't, now you need to hold it. You cannot, now you need to wait. Um, so yeah, we went to, into the Poronisal, the birthing suite, and it was two pushes. Um, and then he was out. So we don't know what it was. Um, uh, yeah, and it was fine. His aqua was, so we were actually in the hospital 20 minutes the overall <laughs> time so yeah don't know why it didn't work um actually i think they also gave me oxytocin maybe that pushed it um to get him out of this last um you know this last kind of like curve and um yeah so then it was very bizarre because it was so fast and then we were in there and he was out um and um Obviously, the midwives can then only, you know, in, in the Czech Republic, you're not allowed to say you're, you're, you're trying for a home birth. Mm -hmm. So it was like, oh, accidental, spontaneous birth. And we met and we met just here and I'm accompanying her as a doula, kind of like, you know, yeah. that's the only thing that is a bit tricky. Um, yeah, so then all went fine. Um, I tore a little bit, uh, so they had to... Um, actually they sold me up a little bit but they didn't have to cut me so that was nice this time um, the actually the most painful part in this birth was the placenta birth I felt like that I didn't really notice the first time maybe because of this whole adrenaline with the you know your baby has a very bad aqua score and you mm -hmm. know emergency c-section so this time it was much more even though we had to run to the hospital it was really <laughs> quite calm and quite a standard breath I feel like um it was nice uh, but yeah that took a while and I felt that was quite painful actually <laughs> to, to, which also no one really tells you or at least I didn't really think about like you know when you don't know much about the birthing process uh, before you actually go through it you I never really you don't see that films you don't really hear people talking about that you have to birth the placenta out and that can be quite painful yeah it's like uh, such a surprise isn't it yeah it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah so this was all fine again um, there we had this there actually were very open and they asked us uh, do you want to stay how is it did you have so they're actually beloved us very um, uh, progressive I think and um, we didn't even I don't know if we we had the birthing wish or plan again um, just prepared just in case we knew maybe we have to go to hospital you never know so we had it um, but I think they didn't even need it. They said, this is all standard, like skin to skin is standard. Um, uh, Zinyak was able to, you know, clip the umbilical cord and like be much more involved. So for him, it was really a healing breath mm -hmm. of his trauma. Yeah. Uh, so it's actually really nice. And again, we had the two hours. They let us alone uh, the two hours to make sure bonding and everything is fine. And then... Uh, in the meantime, we had to make a decision if we all go home now or if I stay with the baby. Um, and by that time, he was born at 9 p.m. and we stayed there until 11 p.m. due to the two hours. And by that time, I said, now it's so late. Our bedroom is a complete mess <laughs> because my water broke and, you know, everything we left in such a hurry, hurry so everything was still status quo. Um, and I said, you know what, I'll stay the night and you come and pick me up in the morning. So actually, again, I 
uh, stayed one night in hospital. Um, but it was, you know, really just, it was already midnight at this point when I went there. Um, I stayed, everything went fine, breastfeeding was fine. Um, I was alone for a while. It was really quite a nice hospital. They even gave you a little um, nursing pillow. Um, they had a little set prepared. Um, I was actually quite impressed with the Yaska. Um, you had an ensuite bathroom, which Podoli doesn't uh, necessarily have. You have a shared bathroom with another room. So it's like six people, one, you know, it's a bit like a hostel, a <laughs> youth hostel. Um, so this one was a bit more cozy and private, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I had breakfast and then I got picked up and we went home. Yeah. So that was all quite smooth. Yeah. And how was postpartum? And postpartum, of course, was different because we had uh, Chad already waiting <laughs> with my mom. I was really grateful at this point that she made it and that she also could explain a little bit what happened. Because why for me, I never felt unsafe. I felt like for other people, also for my mom, maybe it must have felt quite stressful that I had to all of a sudden go to hospital, you know, because they weren't part of the whole process. They just heard my, you know, moanings and whatnot. And all of a sudden there's this rush to go. And I thought, oh, what does it do to Tiada? Um, so I was very happy that my mom was there and that they have a good connection and that they could process that a little bit. Um, yeah. And then, it was really nice. She instantly, she was four at the time. So she was not, you know, little. So she understood what was happening and she clicked quite well right away with her baby brother. And we let her, you know, do some of the things, change nappies and, um, you know, she wanted to hold him. Um, she, I was, I was actually feeling more exhausted than after the first birth. I don't know if it's due to age or, you know, it was also hot. It was summer, June. So we only got to go outside in the evenings. And uh, so I was in this hot room all day long. Um, and I really thought, oh no, I'm going to stay in bed a bit more than for the first um, pregnancy. Um, and Tiara had her little kind of like put her chair on her table next to my bed. So she ate her, her snacks. And so we made it, we integrated her, I think, quite well. Um, and it was nice, actually. Um, yeah, and my mom was there for a week, again, or like just five days or something. And that was perfect. And I prepared better this time. I cooked more meals. I froze more meals. Um, and I said this time, I don't want anyone else to come after this for a while and um yeah it was actually much nicer only at this point we had um, made an ad hoc decision to move to the countryside because we mm -hmm. own a property here already and um Stenik was looking for a while to get a job and he had a job offer and so we said okay i'm on parental leave i want to take two years this time i wanted to take a little longer time and no, last but yeah, I stayed home one year and I wanted to stay a bit longer at home. Um, so let's do it. Let's try it out for two years. And so again, like somehow moving and uh, changing places <laughs> seems yeah. to be part of it. <laughs> again, it was a bit um, annoying because he was already, you know, moving things there and I was in Prague. So um, yeah, I felt like the bonding between 
daddy and baby happened later than in the first um first uh yeah with the first birth but yeah i think for him i asked him afterwards and for him it was a very uh healing experience so it was the right decision even though we couldn't finish at home uh, wasn't meant to be um i think to have this time at home for him being really involved and to see this really the akbar score was 10 10 10 like you know to see this very smooth birth and to i think for him it was very important to have this experience i had to deal a little bit with this and in the postnatal time with this feeling like of failure of home birth you know like you know you you hear this from people who have c-sections that they're like oh i wanted a natural birth and i feel like there's not like maybe a spoken out pressure but you know you have i feel like in the home birth the people that are home birthing um they share those beautiful stories about mm -hmm. having a home birth in the jungle and you know like yeah. it's all very it's all it's really beautiful i don't mean it like ironic um but um yeah, it's hardly ever spoken about, or you have the people that are against home birth that just share those horror stories, right? Yeah, but it's hardly yeah. ever spoken about, yeah, maybe you have to go to hospital, but it's not your fault. It's, you know, it's, you did everything that you could. Because um, I felt like, I, I know some people who gave home births and I felt like a bit like, oh, now I feel like I'm the failure of the, you know? Yeah. So I think that was my mental work that I had to do. like. I called my midwife and I said, talk me through the steps, you know, was there at some point something I could have done? And she said, no, we knew it was going to be difficult because he was already like looking the other way and yeah. it's what it is. And I accepted it and the birth was smooth, never felt I unsafe, never felt I panicky, even transferring to the hospital. And yeah. in the end, we had yeah. a super healthy baby boy, but yeah i feel like there's also this weird pressure from yeah. you know actually which i didn't think about before i think it's just pressure that we put on on ourselves and i don't think it's intentional i really don't think so but yeah i think we need to be a bit more aware or it makes me also think more about um pressure that women feel that are having troubles with breastfeeding because uh, for me in both pregnancy it worked like a charm from the beginning never had any issues with it and you know you just go by your standards and then you feel like but i'm sure you're not doing something or you need to mentally do this and this and this and i think no i mean why it just puts pressure on people everyone tries the way they can and we need to stop um i think we need to stop projecting from our own lived experience or birth experience on how other births go or should go yeah yeah absolutely that's absolutely right yeah. and i think talking about it and hearing other stories as well and just realizing that every kind of birth is beautiful you know it's, it's your somebody yeah. told me that it's not your choice how your baby is born exactly. it's your baby yeah. your baby knows your baby yeah. chooses yeah. you know so yeah. you can just do your best to prepare and then baby's gonna come however baby's gonna come you know <laughs> exactly yeah i think that's it because again control freak mike i was thinking yeah like, what could i have done <laughs> and again it was just about you know there was a reason why there was a reason why you know it didn't mm. you know yeah. And, yeah. yeah yeah but yeah very 
very happy in the end with uh, yeah. yeah and oh that's good yeah so do you have any references you'd like to share I, i've taken note of a lot of stuff that you've said already but if is there anything on top of anything you've mentioned that helped you in your pregnancy or birth or postpartum that you'd like to share yeah there's a um great book um which is also already a classic at least in the german speaking world and i know there's a czech translation and also an english one it's uh, by um, a german midwife uh, who's called ingrid uh, stadelman and uh, the book in english is called a midwife's um, consultation i think or consultation with a midwife and it goes through all the different stages um, and she talks a lot about you know aromatherapy and like stuff you can do to accompany like the whole pregnancy um, that was quite helpful uh, i think and at i already mentioned and yeah for the people based in prague um, that bulovka now has a birthing center that actually started um, it was actually opening while i was still pregnant but at this point i just felt like it just throws another decision making <laughs> factor in our way and we already settled for Ivan Aratovitz or home birth and um, yeah I think so now actually if you're maybe unsure about home birth but you want a different experience that the, than the classical hospital birth it's worth checking out those birth centers where you're actually only a midwife is present if the birth is going fine and um, you don't have doctors checking on, on you and yeah, that's maybe a good alternative. Yeah, I will link to those things, and maybe I will ask you for for the book as well afterwards. But we will link to all of these things on your show notes page for sure. Yeah, and Königsmarkova is the midwife. Now I can think about it. Oh but yeah, her yeah, name yeah. is Königsmarkova. Mm-hmm. Yes, one. But I'm I writing don't... that down too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we yeah. go. Okay, great, Micah. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again, Micah, for coming on the show today and sharing your beautiful stories with us. If you are listening in and you'd like to reach out to Micah with any questions or anything, then do feel free to send me an email at the nine months podcast at gmail.com or go and visit the website nine monthspodcast.com or follow me on Instagram nine months podcast. It's the hashtag there, or not the hashtag, but the tag, I guess. Um, so you can send me a message there as well, of course. And I'm still looking for, or still, I'm always looking to record more stories. So if you'd like to share yours on the podcast, also use the previous resources and just reach out to me and I'm sure we can make that happen. Thank you guys for listening in and supporting me. Have a nice week and see you next week.